from someone else. <laughs> right. But when you're talking about, I love the analogy, it's like pulling leeches off. Well, you know, once the leech is off, it feels better, right? It yes, feels better. It does. The poison goes with the leech. Yeah. And, you and, can and we're connecting because yeah. now imagine it. We're standing shoulder to shoulder. My arm is around you, and I'm saying, Wow, did I remind you of your father? Oh, I didn't mean that. I love you. Now I am not only becoming your ally, I'm helping you heal the old scar. And imagine the connection that comes from the healing of the old scar. We're building this deep bond instead of turning the old scars into clubs that we use to beat each other with, which is what most couples do. Right, and and don't we really, I mean, when you think about it in the realm of things and kind of maybe in a yeah, in a spiritual or, or evolutionary way, when you think about how we come together as couples, we come together to learn from each other. We come together because we need to work out some of this stuff, right? And, yeah. and what better... It's our highest spiritual purpose right, here on earth. Right. To overcome so, the blocks to loving ourselves and others. Right. Yeah. So when we come together and these issues arise, this is the time to bring them into the light. To, to and it's not a coincidence that right. we chose each other. Exactly. This is the thing people often don't realize. I picked you because I knew deep down you were going to rip off the scab of my scar with my father. You were going to activate this for me. But the purpose of this is not so that we can beat each other into the right. ground and get divorced. This right. is what happens for most couples. The transference happens. You become the parent I hated and had trouble with. But instead of us going to the finish line and using that to heal, we just pummel each other, hate each other, we can't manage the negative feelings, and we get divorced. That's really what it comes down right. to. Right, and we, and we never want to use, and this is what I sometimes see in mediation, which I, I stop it immediately, but when you know this stuff about each other, about the past, or about hurts from the past, or how a parent abused you or something, when if you use that when someone has been vulnerable, that is like the worst thing you could ever do. All right, so what you're saying, you have to have an understanding. It's a conscious relationship in which we are both on the path to helping each other heal. If yes. you're not on that path together, and then you bring up something from the other person's childhood, that can come off like an assault. Well, who are you? You're telling me I right. have problems? Right. So it can only be done in a climate of real consciousness, and we're both working together in this way. Yes, and a consciousness of, of caring for that person. Of caring, and I mean this, you know, I mean this, you know, people say, no offense, but, and then they attack you. Yeah. You can tell when somebody is throwing it in your face as a slam versus I love you. It's a tone yeah. of voice. It's not like, oh, well, it sounds like, you know, that sarcastic stuff versus, oh, man, did I just come off like your dad again? Yeah, so, we wanna, so what we want to be mutually vulnerable and mutually share. And believe it or not, would you believe we are out of time? It's just amazing. It, it went like a minute, right? I know. Well, I wanna, I'm flies when you're having fun. I know, I know. So, Dr. Jamie turned off. We uh, so appreciate your book. So, it's uh, Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. And if you want to just give your website, it's time to go. Okay, www.askdrlove, A S K D R, abbreviated, no periods, no spaces. Askdrlove.com. Come to the site. There's a free excerpt there that you can read. And um, yeah. come. I'm, I'm always glad to and, meet new friends. And yeah, and hopefully your your radio show is also online so they can listen in, too. It is, too, and I just started syndicating nationally, 
And um, we, you said Talk Zone, and I guess I didn't update that for you. It's now webtalkradio.net. That's my syndicator, not yeah. Talk Zone anymore. Well, Jamie, we will talk again. So thank you so much for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. You. It was wonderful being with you, Mary. Okay. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning for prescriptions for healing conflict at 8.30 and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. It's about trust Yeah, yeah It's about faith It's about trust Hi, KUCI listeners. I'm Dr. Alan Levin, long-time listener and friend of KUCI and former public affairs host here. I'm really happy to have made my contribution to KUCI's fund drive. And I strongly encourage you to step up to the plate and join in this very important effort. Help keep the vibrant and meaningful sound of KUCI on the air to continue to serve all of Irvine and the surrounding community. Hi there, my name is Janine. I'm the host of Get the Funk Out. Happy Monday, everybody. 
You're tuned to KUCI 88.9 FM right here in Irvine. Standing by on the line is Lynn Gissing. She's the founder of Light in Africa Children's Homes and author of A Light in Africa. She's standing by to join me. And uh, what a story she has to tell. She's the the founder, as I said, of Light in Africa Children's Homes and the non-government organization. Excuse me. It is a non-government organization. Provides fundamental care for vulnerable children in Kilimanjaro and various regions of Tanzania. She's released her first book, A Light in Africa, and it's my pleasure to welcome this week's show, Lynn Gissing. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Janine. I'm very well. I thought I lost you for a second. I'm glad you're still on the line. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You have such an interesting story, and I was wondering, could you tell me how you got involved in doing what you're doing? Uh, Well, that's why I asked you if it was a Christian radio station. Okay. Uh, Because... Are we on air, by the way? We are. We oh, are on I'm air. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. <laughs> my my so apologies. So no potty um, mouth. I have to tell everyone. I'm kidding. Not that you would. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How did I... Uh, How did you come about doing this as your life mission? Uh, no, not quite. Not quite. Not quite, no. I was 55 years of age, mm-hmm. and um, uh, my previous background was a social worker with a deaf, an interpreter. Uh, for profoundly deaf people. I did that job for many years, and then I eroded a disc in the back of my neck because of the movement of my hands. Um, So I was pensioned off from the government, and what happened next was I fostered children with severe behavioral problems. So in actual fact, this is my third generation of child rearing. Look at that. So what happened was, I just happened to be walking down the street one day. Um, uh, my intention, I just sold my ha- home in the, in the town, and my intention is to go and get some brochures uh, to look for a home in the country. Right. And I'm walking down this street, and all of a sudden I hear this voice in my head say, Go to Africa. Really? Yes, just like that. And I thought, my next thought was, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about going to the butchers and getting either pork sausages, pork chops. Mm -hmm. Um, Where did that come from? So I ignored it. I carried on walking down the street. And then once again, more clearer and more concise, this voice in my head said, go to Africa. Now, I'm, I'm really totally confused. Yes. And so I look around me to see if I'm being set up by candid camera (laughs) because I couldn't believe it. I've heard this voice in my head twice. And so I'm I'm a little freaked out. So I consider the best thing to do is to hurry up, get in the main street. And uh, there's always safety in numbers. Yes. So I, I go to the main street and it was market day. There's a lot of people around And as I'm walking down the main street, where all these people are, I am literally stuck to the pavement. I cannot move. My feet are stuck. Really? Really. And this is a bizarre story I am telling you, Janine, but this is really what happened and what is in the book, A Light in Africa. Okay. And so I try to move every other body part that I have, and that's all moving except my feet. Mm-hmm. And at that precise moment, I think I must be having a stroke. 
a medical stroke. Sure. Because my feet won't move. I try again to move it. No, they're absolutely stuck. People are passing me by on either side of me. And they're looking at me as they go past, as I'm just stuck on this pavement. And then this voice in my head said, go into that travel agency and book a ticket to Africa. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. Whoa, whoa. Now, I really don't know what to say because just where I have stopped is a travel agency. So lots of things happen to me while I'm just rooted to the spot. Yes. But... The, uh, the sum total of it is I went into this travel agency. I'd written to a pastor uh, in a place called Moshi for six years, and which is in Tanzania. Mm-hmm. And uh, within 10 minutes, I had a ticket to go for one month in November 1999. My family thought I was absolutely crazy. (laughs) That's my next question. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Things like, pick up the phone and cancel it. You can't go just because you think somebody spoke to you or you thought God spoke to you. And I said, no, I have to check this out. Did God tell me to go to Africa? Mm -hmm. So in 1999, I boarded the aircraft. I landed at Kilimanjaro International Airport. I booked into the YMCA, and that is when God showed me the job that he wanted me to do. Because, Janine, in 1999, the AIDS pandemic was at its height. Yes. And he took me and showed me, along with the non-government organization that I was with, all these children. So, so many children, and they were all pitiful in a terrible state. Mm. It was absolutely heartbreaking to see them. Is this about the time, I watched a video, you and I were talking earlier, there was a video of a boy who had collapsed. He was 10 years old, he collapsed, Mm. and they're carrying him in, and they're all trying to work on him, and eight minutes goes by, and I'm in tears. Yes. I can't, what was that like? What, when was this? Well, uh, during those first years, just, just to continue, mm-hmm. I was so impacted to help these children with HIV AIDS. I returned to the UK. I sold everything that I owned and returned to Tanzania six months later. So in June 2000, I, uh, within six weeks of my I have uh, found a derelict children's home uh, 6,000 feet up on Mount Kilimanjaro. And that's where all the work started. The child that you saw on the DVD, yes. that was happened three years ago. Okay. And I have many children. Light in Africa Children's Home. Janine is the only home. We're the largest home in the area. And we are the only ones who will take children with the virus. I have 53 children carrying the HIV virus. And so this was one child who I'd had from a baby. He had been sent to us from the hospital uh, because he was in such a state and he was going to die. He was going to die then. But amazingly, amazingly, thanks to the wonderful staff that we employ, he recovered sufficiently to start walking and having a normal life. Mm -hmm. But that... That DVD that you saw, yes. uh, we're there in the morning, and our 
our pastor comes running up the steps, says, quick, get get the camera, get into the car, we have an, an emergency. So we dash down to our boy's home, and there is this child who is already unconscious. Mm-hmm. And the story was that he had gone to school, and he, the teachers had thought, had fallen asleep in a lesson. So they did not disturb him oh, until no. the break oh. time. And then, of course, they couldn't rouse him because he was already unconscious. And so how long he was unconscious, we do not know. Uh, But the teacher got him and ran him to our boys' home where we picked him up. And uh, in the the first introduction to the DVD, the pastor is asking me, which hospital are we going to? And I say, we have to go to the cottage hospital because we do not have time to go the 30 kilometers to the main hospital. Mm -hmm. So we take him in. The nurse just rushes him straight in. The doctor's got a patient with him. He asks the patient to leave, and then he starts working on the child. But he's already passing away. Um, I had uh, a lady with me uh, from America, and she was fainting, and they had to run and get her a, a chair to sit her on. I had a volunteer there who was deeply upset and was crying. And I was literally with my hands at the wall, watching and praying that this child was dying. Excuse me, you were whispering in his ear. Yes, that is when, Janine, I hear a voice in my head say, go tell him how much Jesus loves him. Mm -hmm. So I went over to his ear at that point, and I started saying, bum, 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 Jesus loves you, bum, 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 Jesus loves you. And apparently uh, the producer of the film, Mark Anderson, said the camera was 12 inches away from my face. I had absolutely no idea that it was there. But I kept saying the same thing over and over and over again for eight minutes, he tells me. And then the child opened his eyes. And if you look on his uh, right eye, mm-hmm. you'll already see a glazing covering his eye, yes. which happens when, when people die. And uh, he stayed in hospital for um, for another five days, and now he's back at school and everything is fine. Oh, it was gut-wrenching. I was watching this, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, is he going to make it? I know. <laughs> yes, well, uh, I, in the first few years I was there, the first couple of years, I lost 15 children who mm. all died in my arms. Uh, due to the HIV-AIDS virus. But thank goodness uh, we now have um, antiretroviral drugs. Mm -hmm. The hospital comes to us, to our children's home, the first Tuesday in every month because we have so many children with the virus. And uh, we are very grateful to the Elizabeth... um, uh, Oh, gosh. Sorry, I've forgotten. The gentleman's name was from the film Star Glazier. The yes. Elizabeth Glazier oh, Foundation. Yes, yes. I, I know that. Yes. You know that? Yes, I do. Yes. Well, yes, they I have do. provided drugs for us, uh, mm. I think, since 2004 and have saved so many lives. We are so deeply grateful to that organization. That, that mm-hmm. is wonderful. So tell me, do you reside there most of the year? Yes, I live there all the time. All the time. Mm. When I left, I had 259 children in full-time care. 
That's a lot. A lot of children. <laughs> I have nine children's homes. Two of the children's homes, Janine, are in a mining town, mm-hmm. which is a, a ruthless place because it just consists of miners, uh, ladies of the night, and street children. And that is where we uh, we also not have uh, also have the children's home. We also have run a food kitchen for ten years for the children on the streets there. That's incredible. Yes, it's more cr- incredible when you mm. think that uh, for the book that I've written, A Light in Africa, which is available on Amazon, I had to get some figures. And when we worked all the figures out, I was absolutely shocked to find that. In the 14 years I've been there, over 2 million meals have been served and thousands of people have been helped in our medical outreach program into the bush uh, where volunteers raise funding. Uh, they, uh, they are in total uh, charge of where they wish their money to go, whether mm-hmm. it's to pay for a child to have operations or adults in the community, and um, they come over and they do a wonderful job. Uh, At the end of this month, we have a medical group uh, who came out first in January with orthopedic surgeons and nurses, and they operated on some of our children, uh, and then they went back. They're coming again. A group comes at the end of May, and another group comes in the 1st of June. So volunteers are a very, very important part of our ministry. Mm-hmm. They come and they help us to help the people. Because if you are poor in Tanzania, Janine, you cannot access any medical treatment. Yes, I can imagine. You don't stand a chance. That's right. It's yeah. because everything costs money. Yes. And so if you are poor, you only have two choices. You get better or you die. So let me ask you, the people, the medical care that's come to help, where are they coming from, all over the United States, other countries? How are you finding uh, them? Yes, it's usually uh, America where they come. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just trying to think where they have come from previously. We have individual doctors who come. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't have to be in a group. Or nurses come. But it's not just only uh, the medical who come, Janine, we get uh, retired people who come and they have gifts to give to us, even if it's only holding one of our children who is in our special needs. I've just uh, taken in last year um, twins. Their mother was a a prostitute. She was an alcoholic and she had the virus and she gave birth to these twins who we brought into care, and sadly, the first child was a girl who was born, and she's now 15 months old, they are, and she is carrying the HIV virus. The boy uh, who followed after her uh, does not have the virus. Now, Mm -hmm. if we had known that this woman was pregnant, we could have offered her... um, uh, an injection which into the placenta, and that would have stopped the virus spreading. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
so we'd have lots of lots of people. My youngest volunteer has been seven years of age. Would you believe that? I can't believe it. <laughs> she so came with her mum and her sister, mm-hmm. and while they went out on our programs into the villages, she stayed behind to play with the children. And oh. amazingly, she had raised some money by having like a lemonade stand and mm-hmm. things like that. So she wanted to do her bit for the children also. And so it was wonderful to see her. She set her stall out. She went with a member of our staff to buy 220 bread buns and uh, hot dog sausages. And there's this little seven-year-old girl handing out hot dogs to all our children. It was just so special. That is very special. Yes. When I think about how much kids have nowadays, whether it's their phones or whatever, they, you know, blowing money on, yes. to do something meaningful, you know, and to get an understanding of how other parts of the world are suffering and kids their age might yes. not live to see their age or, you know, past their age. Yes. It's it's so incredible. I mean, do you know, I was going to ask you something while you were talking. You're basically leading this, this up, but do you have a... A strong team, you know, I mean, you're yes, just... Indeed, I have a very, very good, a strong team, a core team, mm-hmm. are the managers. And when I started this journey, Janine, and I left my family behind, I have three adult grown-up children at the time, um, I did not know whether I would see this family again. Everybody was telling me how crazy I was to leave my lifestyle behind and go to a, a place where the... Uh, the AIDS pandemic was. Um, And so my blessings have been that two of my children came out to help me. I was wondering. Yes. My daughter came out first with three of my grandchildren. The youngest at the time was four years of age. And they came out supposedly for one year and stayed actually six and a half years. (gasps) When my oldest granddaughter, who was homeschooled, Uh, went back to the UK to go to university. She is now married. She's married a Tanzanian man, and uh, she passed her degrees, and she's working at an international school uh, in Arusha, which is 60 kilometers from where I live. Mm -hmm. Then after she arrived, my youngest son came, and he has stayed there now um, 12, 12 years, and uh, mm-hmm. he is married the Secretary of Light in Africa, and I have three grandchildren. So I'm now thinking of starting my own tribe, Janine. I love <laughs> it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. You know, I love that your family came to understand what you were doing, that it was yes. so meaningful, and, you know, we're going to go see her. And we're and they now they're part of it. Yes, indeed. Uh, my oldest son has never been out. Uh, oh. He... Still feels a little resentful, I think, that I, I left the family home and went on this this trip. But, you know, this is what I had to do. This is what God wanted me to do. I have no, previously no theological uh, background mm-hmm. or anything like that. And so it was just so amazing that... Yeah. Uh, God would ask me, a fifty-year-old, fifty-five-year-old housewife, mm-hmm. do this uh, to do this work for him. And as I say, it's it's just been an amazing journey. Well, um, I, I just want to add that you didn't do this selfishly. You did this because you wanted to help other people. And you know, you're just what you're doing is 
is so meaningful long term for the people that you're touching, the people you're helping, these kids that probably get no attention whatsoever. You're saving them in so many ways. Well, I have also been blessed, Janine, that over, uh, from 2000 to 2014 now, mm -hmm. um, the children that I took off the street and found starving to death yes. in 2000 are now actually in their 20s. Oh, my goodness. And they're in <laughs> colleges. One See? is my eldest child with, who still has the virus. Mm -hmm. She is 22 years of age. She's in college. Uh, learning to be uh, a teacher. My uh, second oldest girl who was on the street selling peanuts mm. to try to get some money for bread. She is now in college learning to be a social worker. My oldest boy is in a business school and my second oldest boy is still in college uh, wanting to be a doctor. Do you so see these are what, my first yeah. fruits. Do you see what you've done? I mean, this is huge. I, this is not a selfish act. This is so unselfish. I mean, you have paved the way for these people to have lives. Yes. Yes, indeed. Mm. Uh, but now my biggest problem is, Janine, I'm still taking babies in, so I've still got the next generation following after these 20-year-olds. Yes. So uh, my problem uh, two years ago was, uh, what am I going to do for all the children who are not academic? Mm -hmm. Because I have children who never had any schooling until they were 10 or 11 years of age. They were living on the street. And so for them, I've got an 18-year-old boy who is still in primary school. Really? Oh. So what is going to happen to these children if I don't when they leave Lighting Africa, don't want them to go back on the street. Right. I have to find occupations for them so they can earn a wage and be empowered, yes. uh, the same as their, their older children who are in colleges. Yes. So I came up with this idea okay. that uh, we had four acres of land which was spare, mm -hmm. and I have started to create a lavender and butterfly farm. Oh. <laughs> so that these children, well, students, they will be then, when they uh, leave school, mm -hmm. so they can learn uh, horticulture. And we're looking to bring tourists in and hoping it will be open in uh, 2014, in December. Um, so from these, from the lavender, the, the students will be able to make uh, lavender soap, lavender moisturizer cream, That's great. lavender pillows when the girls learn to be dressmakers. Mm -hmm. They'll be able to sew and make lavender pillows. And uh, so from the butterflies and the tropical garden center, they will be able to pot and to plant and to cut. And so we're hoping that by bringing tourists in, yes. as well as the volunteers, we will be able to be sustainable. That's really what it's all about. Yes. You know? So, Lynn, if people want to help out or get involved, where can they go? Well, if people would like to look at our uh, website, which is www.lightinafrica.org, okay. there is everything on the website that would help them if they want to sponsor a child. The information is there. If they would uh, like to come and volunteer with us, they can ask for an information pack because when people come, 
we want to them to appreciate that this is not a holiday. Right. It, it, we would like 100% from them, you know. They can be involved in um, painting our house this year. This year it's ve- renovation time. Mm-hmm. Uh, all our five homes on our main headquarters site, they all need painting. And uh, we always have jobs to do. Um, okay. And so uh, people can come. As I said before, it is not just medical personnel. We have people, young people come to do social work internships. Anybody and everybody can come as long as their heart is right and they're there for the right reasons. Yes. Um, And so if they get our information pack, they will be fully informed of what what we do and the work that we do and what they can get involved in. Even if it's some groups come... Uh, from the UK, and they will take our children on a holiday to the coast. Oh, that's so nice. Yes, because at the mining town, our children are literally escorted everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so they don't get the privilege like our other children of being exposed so much to to other people in the outside world because of the danger of that place. Yes. Uh, they have to be uh, protected. And so what we try to do is to get them out into the community as much as possible. So we take them on holidays when volunteers have funding to take them. That's wonderful. And tell me your book. Where can people find out about your book? Okay, I have written this book and it's journaling like the 14 years of this amazing journey that I have been on. It tells about uh, how I feel when the first child dies in my arms. It tells about the pastor who I'd made an agreement with, how he, uh, like, changed his mind Mm -hmm. about helping us, how I've had five closure orders from a social worker because I would not give him a bribe. Mm -hmm. He tried to close me down and how amazingly the home stayed open because of good Tanzanian people coming forward to help me stay open. And so, and it tells at least five different miracles about what has happened. So Mm. the book, A Light in Africa, is available at Amazon. If you go online to Amazon, I also believe it's in Barnes & Noble uh, online. So if anybody is interested in wanting more information, please feel free to to contact me. Uh, I do have a a book website uh, site as well, which is mamalin228 at gmail.com. So M-A-M-A-L-Y-N-N? Yes, mamalin228 at gmail.com. And I will be pleased to answer any questions anybody may have, you know, we're there to help. Fantastic. And uh, we would like you to come and help us too. You know, I really appreciate you taking the time to call into the show, and I put all your info up on the show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And if anybody has missed this show with Lynn, is it Gissing? Is that how you pronounce your last name? Yes, as in kissing, but with a G. Perfect. And if anyone's missed it, uh, it'll be up on my show blog within an hour after my show, after we wrap. So, Lynn, thank you so much, and thank you for all you do. Incredible work. So, so touching. I was... Again, I was so moved by the videos I was watching. Yes, thank you so much. Okay, I'll be in touch. Thanks. Bye. All right, you be well. Bye-bye.
That was Lynn Gissing calling in, talking about her book, A Light in Africa. Again, it'll be up on my show blog uh, after I wrap at about 10 o'clock. want to tell you about another guest calling in at 9.45. This is a very interesting guest. Ron Judkins is a two-time Academy Award winner of, for the soundtrack on Jurassic Park and Saving Private Ryan and director-writer of Finding Neighbors, which just premiered at the Newport Beach Film Festival. He's going to be calling in at 9.45. He's got a lot of great stuff to talk about. And um, again, that's up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. I want to just give you the scoop on our fun drive. We are still going strong for, um, I guess we're going to wrap it up at midnight tonight. And... um, If you don't know, we are a team of of volunteers. We have students, we have community members. I've been here since 2007, hard to believe. And we have Sheldon Abbott standing by. He's the uh, host of Cure for the Blues. And we've got some awesome premiums to give you, from CDs to tickets to shows. I know people have been calling in for tickets to Doheny, and those have gone really fast. And we would love you to be part of our KUCI community for calling in. So give us a call, 949 8245824 and we'd love to chat with you we've got some DJs standing by and again we've got some great premiums up Sheldon's gonna come on and chat with us hey Sheldon yep that's on (laughs) (laughs) tap 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 (laughs) is that me hello mom mom So yes. how, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Good. And, and we're doing a little more pledge drive to... Uh, I know. Because we have the opportunity to do that today. <laughs> I know, we extended it. So for those of you who have not yet pledged for Get the Funk Out, now's your opportunity to, to show it? your support. Yes. Yeah, give us a call and uh, we could sure use the help. I know, we always have a lot of callers usually on Monday mornings. Uh, we've had a whole bunch of people call in, which has been great. But we do have some more premiums to give away. I know we have got more tickets to shows. We've got lots of uh, CDs, blues CDs, rock, anything, all kinds of indie music. And this year there's a new uh, KUCI coffee mug that may or may not be of interest to oh, some. Sweet. But I've, I've seen a lot of people taking those. I've even uh, uh, pledged um, so I could get a couple of mugs as well. Well, good. All right. There may be a pair of uh, Doheny tickets. I'll double-check that for Sunday. I think we have some left. Yeah, it'll be one pair. We had 10 last Monday or uh, two weeks ago. So call in. Show you some love for KCI. I mean, we can't do this without your support. And that number is 949-824-5824. And to make it easy, it's 949-UCI-KUCI. And we'd just love to hear from you. We need the support. We don't get paid here. Uh, you may or may not know, but this is a volunteer job that we do. And, That's right. And I love working with Janine, and I love being at this station. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And um, our equipment gets tired, <laughs> and we need to replace the That's equipment. True. And That's this true. Is, and this is the truth. This is really what we're doing. Uh, the, the CD players wear out. They, they, you wouldn't think they would. You think that there's no hardly any moving parts and that the electric eye or the, the uh, optic eye will not go out, but it does. Right, And right. Then we need new speakers. We That's need new correct. microphones. Yes. We need a lot of things. And it's not like we're depending on you to buy everything. Just give us a donation, and we'll thank you by giving you the CDs, uh, the T-shirts, the coffee mugs that we just talked Sick about. Because uh, every little bit helps. Indeed. That's right. 
All right, cool. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then in about Thank 10 you. minutes. Oh, thanks for coming on. Sheldon Abbott, Cure for the Blues, coming on at 10. Uh, I have about 25 more minutes, and about 10, I have Ron Judkins calling in. So I'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back with more Get the Funk Out.